This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. But you cannot use Qui-Gon Tim anymore. I gotta think of something else. That's true. That's a good point. I'll have to look at some more names. We've got a lot more new characters to choose from. Oh, I got can it already. I, uh, I got it already. That's, it's wait, done. wait. Can, can, can I suggest one before you before you say it? Okay, go for it. Ahsoka Timo. <laughs> oh my God, I feel just how I This is um, the last time we're going to say this. Uh, Tim, former GameStop employee. Uh, GameStop is in the news again, Tim. Yeah, how appropriate, uh, right? So, that, yeah. so this is the last time we're going to say that. Uh, we've been off for a long time. We, we, we do have a new name. Uh, we do have a new... Uh, what, what other new things do we have, Tim? <laughs> and how about a new lease on life, right? <laughs> we've been gone for... Life. We've been gone yeah. for a while. It was our longest hiatus ever. Yeah. A little over two months. Things have been pretty darn busy for me and Dane at work. And just most of our time and energy kind of being consumed with that. But at the same time, we kind of figured it's time to get back into the groove of podcasting. And even though it was, I got to say, just everything that was going on, it was kind of nice to have a little bit of a break. But then you get to the point where you just start missing talking to each other, talking about all the geeky stuff going on. Um, so the figure is about time to get back into the groove of recording a new episode. So sorry it's been too long for our listeners out there and maybe wondering what happened. I know we've even been quiet on social media. I haven't tweeted as much on our Batfans account, which um, should hopefully get started on that too. But this episode, we just definitely wanted to Come back, let you know we're still here, as our 2019 name was, I believe. Batfans, yes, we're yeah. still here. We could apply that to 2021 also. But yeah, looking forward to talking to you, Dane, again, and just yeah, geeking out on all this stuff that we've been doing the last two months besides work. <laughs> just everything that's going on in the geek world. But yeah, good to be back. Yeah, for me, it, it's, 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 it's really nice to be back. To be not focused on work, uh, uh, like uh, j- just consumed with work, mm. go to sleep thinking about work, waking up thinking about work. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's to have a little time where Tim and I can just talk about nothing. This is the yeah. Seinfeld <laughs> or Seinfeld um, uh, show, right? Y- yep, is... that's how it's going to be. Yeah. 
the um, nothing episode. <laughs> yeah, the nothing episode. Um, speaking of Seinfeld, you know, I, 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 I have to say, Tim, over, over this holiday season, I tried watching Seinfeld. I just cannot get into it. I just cannot. Uh, that breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, Tim. I, I really, really love Curb Your Enthusiasm. See, and I haven't seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm sure I'd probably love it. I just haven't gotten yeah. around to watching it after all these years. Yeah, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I just cannot get into Seinfeld. Now, I don't know what it is. I take it you started from the beginning of Seinfeld, like first season one and two? I did initially, but then I read online that they didn't start getting good until the second season. So I started the second season. Couldn't I would say... See, maybe it's just me as a diehard Seinfeld fan, but I like a lot of those second season episodes. But where it really got in its groove was definitely like season three and four and beyond that. Four is probably the strongest season. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I just don't. I, I, I mean, I understand that. I mean, a lot of the themes of Seinfeld are, are in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, of course. Right? But, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something different. I don't know if it's Jerry Seinfeld himself or it's like, I, I, I was thinking initially it was the laugh track that, mm. um, you know, like, like Kirby enthusiasm doesn't really have a laugh track. You're just supposed to understand what's going on. Right. Is that, isn't that there is no cue. Right. Mm. And I, I think it might be the laugh track. Interesting. It, has it been a while since you watched any, sitcom with a laugh track or yeah yeah it's been a long time so maybe it's that yeah but, but yeah if you want to give it another shot i would say season three season four it would be my recommendation because i love just the story they did for that, se- that season long arc they did where yeah. they try to create their own show within the show <laughs> it's pretty genius i think <laughs> And that's pretty yeah, much as I, a as a young kid watching The Simpsons and Seinfeld. That's kind of what my humor was yeah. based off. <laughs> just yeah. those two shows. Just that dry humor, that uncomfortable humor. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the the only celebrity I've ever had a conversation with is uh, Jason Alexander. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I never knew that. When did this happen? Back when I was a kid, actually, um, I, uh, my, my school went on a field trip to um, go see this play and um, really wasn't interested at all in, <laughs> in this play. I, I, can't, I can't even remember. I think it was like a, like a Russian, like an old Russian lady is like the center of the play or something. <laughs> uh, I, I just cannot remember uh, what the play was. Um, regardless, wasn't interested at all. Um, but what I was interested in was, so we had a snack time before the play started, right? Uh-huh. Um, and they gave us, uh, bread rolls, right? And I, <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to save the bread roll until we're inside the theater and then throw the bread rolls and pieces of the bread at people, like ball them up like little <laughs> balls of um, bread and throw them at people. Uh, you're a troublemaker, uh, Dane. <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I mean, I was not, I was so disinterested in, in the play and, 
you know, going on this field trip or whatever. Um, so I was doing that, got caught, got sent out into the lobby, and Jason Alexander was there for some reason. <laughs> uh, he he came and saw the play, and he was like, oh, how come you're standing out here? And I was like, oh, well, I got in trouble. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, well, ho- hopefully they'll let you back in, and you can watch the play, and that's all I remember from it. <laughs> <laughs> so that almost sounds like a Seinfeld encounter, really. <laughs> like yeah, something yeah. that would happen like, in an episode. <laughs> getting thrown out of a play because of causing trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and I didn't know who it was at the time. Uh, like, I, I just thought it was an adult, like just a random adult, you know, school or the, the theater or something. And um, I didn't think about it. And then I remember seeing Seinfeld on, on on the TV, and I was like, hey, that's the guy that, and I remember telling my mom, I, I saw that guy, I saw that guy. Sure, <laughs> years, I swear. Uh, people didn't believe me. People did not believe me. But I know I saw him, I had a conversation with him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, anyway, our new name, <laughs> I should maybe should have said it, earlier but <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we haven't missed a beat after these last two months getting thrown off topic right away <laughs> yep um our new name is something we we say all the time we we say all the time tim probably says it in his head every time he goes on twitter <laughs> uh, it's something you've seen if you've uh tweeted with tim you know in a conversation um and our new name is going to be at Tim G three eleven. That's going to be our new name. That's going to be our new name for this year. Um, it's a great name. I don't know why you didn't go with. Uh, in fact, I don't think I ever asked you this. How come you didn't go with the Star Wars and your Twitter uh, Twitter handle? Um, well, yeah. I wanted to keep it where have it be you know use my real name. So obviously, it's going to be Tim. And I can't remember if I tried Tim three eleven. It was taken, and I had to put the G in there. But or I just figured I put the first letter of my last name on there. But I just wanted to keep it my real name. But at the same time, uh, to make sure I could use Tim G. I don't know if Tim G was even taken. But everything I always go with. I, I have to put some numbers on there or a different character symbol to part of the name. I always go with my go to, my favorite band three eleven. I don't like to use. Um, fictional characters in like my, <laughs> even though I'm a big fan of stuff, like I could use a Star Wars one, I could use a, a Batman one. Whenever I create like these username profiles, I like to keep it, you know, actual name first and then always, as for numbers 311, how can it be anything else than my favorite band? So <laughs> I just didn't even occur to me to use anything else. It was always going to be either Tim Jirasi, Tim G, or Tim, but at the end, it's always going to have 311. It just has to be. Before I used to, use my go-to and i still have it as my xbox live gamer tag it was j night five uh, which i'm sure you could probably guess what the j stands for <laughs> before night um uh, and then, jewelry right jewelry <laughs> i'm a jewelry knight yes <laughs> yeah jewel, jewelry night five that's what it stands for and now here's the question can you guess what the five stood for uh let's see star wars five um uh, Clone Wars. Uh, I was using that later. Clone Wars came on. <laughs> um, 
uh, five Jedi's, J- Jedi that doesn't make sense. I can. What does it stand for? Here? It's pretty basic. It's not like some secret code or anything that would be hard to figure out. It's basically the number of my favorite Star Wars movie, Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back. That was always really? my go-to. Yep. Really? Uh, dang it! I should. I I was thinking like an idiot. Okay, so the original trilogy three. Four is Phantom Menace. Five is Attack of the Clones. <laughs> if you look at it in release order, yes. <laughs> yeah, release order. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah, but then I kind of moved away from that besides my Xbox Live Gamer tag. It's still J95. But then yeah. started using different ways of incorporating my real name when creating like social media profiles. So that's why I used Tim G311. Why not uh, Tim G Skywalker? See, again, it's, that's not my real name. I wish my last name was Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the coolest last name ever. But Yeah, but, but I mean, your, your, your name is in that, so Tim G, right? Yeah, but then it's you're trying to incorporate something that's not uh, really yours in there when it's regards to a name. Yeah. The only time I changed my Twitter handle was, I believe, the year, uh, 2015 when The Force Awakens came out. Like, all the Star Wars fans that I followed on Twitter, they were changing their... Uh, not their Twitter handle, but their, I guess their profile name that you can edit anytime you want. Uh, yeah. So I put like a Star Wars character name to go with your name. And so for about a year, I had that. And mine was Qui-Gon Tim <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, only time I changed it to have a fake name on there. See, what will mine be? My, uh, like, Star Wars. You see, my name doesn't really work, right? Like, yeah, how would you got to incorporate Dane in there with something that goes with it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Okay. What is it? Cad Dane. Instead of Cad Bane. <laughs> Cad <Dane>. <laughs> <laughs> Always wanted to be a bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> See, now your name goes perfectly with that. Yeah. Oh, Cad Dane. I should have did that. <laughs> okay, so maybe for the next trilogy. Whenever the next trilogy comes out, that's what's going to be my... I'm going to change my name to that. So hope in 2023 is when we're getting our next movie. So maybe then that's when every Star Wars fan will be doing that again on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be right there with with all of you, Tim. But you cannot use Qui-Gon Tim anymore. I got to think of something else. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good used. point. Yeah, I'll have to look at some more names. We got a lot more new characters to choose from. Oh, I got can it. I, already. Uh, I got it already. That's it's wait, done. wait. Can, can, can I suggest one before you before you say it? Okay, go for it. Ahsoka Timo. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. <laughs> but what is yours? What is yours? Yeah. It's going to be Tim Dar- Tim Darren. Or let's see, I got it mixed up. Tim Jaren. Tim Jaren. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian. Yep. Instead of Din Jaren, ah, Tim Jaren. That has a nice ring to it. Jaren. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to use that one, Tim. Uh, hold off on Ahsoka uh, for the next movie or whatever. Uh, definitely go with that one. I definitely will, yes. We just got to hope that it comes back when the next Star Wars movie <laughs> comes out. Or yeah. we should start it ourselves. Get that trend going again. 
you know, what are they going to do with the Mandalorian? Because I, I, I feel like that was a conclusion. Don't you feel? It had that feel, but at the same time, it's, we definitely know for sure it's continuing. It's, yeah. I believe some reports recently are saying season three is going to start shooting in April, but I think it's going to be, which has me excited. It's really going to focus on Bo-Katan probably mm-hmm. teaming up more with Din Djarin to take back Mandalore. I think it's going to be a lot more focused on the planet Mandalore and the Mandalorian history and them trying to retake it. And that's going to be really cool. So I think that's where the focus is going to go for season three. Yeah. I hope they have um, Ahsoka in the show again. Is she getting her own uh, spinoff? Yeah, she's getting her own series. It's going to be a limited series. Um, yeah. But they're also teasing, because there's going to be several shows kind of set in this time period. you got Mandalorian. You're going to have The Book of Boba Fett, which oh, I can't wait for. <laughs> it's the first time we're going to get. Ahsoka. And then The Rangers of the New Republic, which they haven't officially said, but I think it's going to focus on Cara Dune and probably hurt since she's kind of got recruited by the new republic at the end of season two and probably focusing more on that and then this says it's kind of going to be an event series where it's going to the stories are going to converge into this one big story that's going to fo- they're going to focus on which it's pretty much probably going to be like a team up series which would be pretty cool and i imagine it probably might have something to do with thrawn <laughs> as far as being the big bad guy for this big event which i think would be pretty cool and it would make sense for a special event to feature a major villain character like Thrawn and to have his debut be in, in live action be in there. Unless he shows up in Ahsoka, because I'm sure that's what her series is going to focus on. But this has the potential to be really cool and just to focus more on all these characters we got to see in The Mandalorian. Step, go off on their separate ways for a little bit in their own series and then converge it to this one big event. Because I think it's going to be cool not only for whatever story they have planned for that, but it will probably, if I were to guess, be the first time Din Djarin sees Grogu again since uh, he left with Luke Skywalker. And maybe it'll be there'll be a time gap and several years have passed, and maybe he will have grown into kind of more of an actual little kid instead of a baby, and he <laughs> will see him again for the first time, and it'll probably be as emotional right. as it was him saying goodbye to him in the season two. Oh, finale. man, Tim. Uh, it broke my heart. And how great was that? <laughs> yeah, that was really, really well done. Um, those are they called Death Troopers? They're um, Dark Troopers. Death Troopers are the one troopers. in Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One, right? Um, the those troopers did not look good. Um, the, those those troopers look like um, PS3 graphics. <laughs> uh, that, that did not look good. As as well as the. Um, Listen, I love that fight scene with with Luke, um, especially when he's in, like the last part of that fight where he's in the hallway, and he does the Vader thing. The the Vader, I'm gonna say it, but it's it's not what I mean. The Vader choke thing. To that yeah, one. I know what you mean. Just using uh, the force. Yeah. <laughs> just using the force. I, I I really like that. Um, did not did, didn't really like the uh, the CGI Luke face. Um, it seems like every time they, uh, I, I think I even texted you this, uh, every time they use, they, 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 they use that technology, it gets worse and worse and worse. Every time I, see <laughs> I think the opposite. I think this yeah. gets better and better and better. I mean, they're pretty darn close. I would look good. You can obviously still tell that it's CG as a CG effect, but yeah. I think we're getting close to that time period or that moment where we won't even really notice at all. It's almost there. Not there yet, but I think it's getting better. Yeah. 
See, like I thought the Tarkin one was really good or was okay. I didn't hate on it as much as other people did. Um, the Leo one was uh, it's not good. Didn't look very good. Um, but the, the the Luke one looked like uh, especially bad because it looked like really? yeah. To, to me, it really looked like they pasted like a screen on somebody's face and did like a flat image. Not not with contours of the face, but just like a flat image. Like, like, like old school PlayStation graphics where it's just like a flat image for a face, you know? Uh, man, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't get that vibe at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was just blown but, away yeah. by the whole thing. Yeah. I thought, oh, man, this, this looks great. But yeah, I know it's CG, but it still looks great to me. Yeah. Uh, I really, really loved uh, Ahsoka Tano uh, was, uh, in the show. Yeah. That was amazing. Uh, not sure where people, Star Wars fans, stand on it, but I, I really liked uh, Rosaria Dawson. Was, yeah, uh, she was so, great. But of course, yeah. the online reactions mixed, of course. Some people don't even want her in live action and thinks her story oh, yeah. can only be told in animation. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I got Yeah, I was oh, really impressed. Yeah. I just uh, love this whole say, season, yeah. man. And I mean, we got Ahsoka, we got Luke, but. To be honest, the one that got me the most excited was the return of Boba Fett. Man, they just yeah. uh, seeing Temuor Morrison back and just the way he portrayed the character and seeing him in action like we've never seen before. Uh, it was just a dream come true for this diehard Star Wars fan who was just such a big fan of the character of Boba Fett, especially during like the early and mid nineties where his popularity just kind of what carried Star Wars uh, in a matter of speaking for during that time and just to see him back and just how they incorporated him to know that officially in the canon now he survived the sarlacc pit ah, i was just <laughs> loving every second he was on screen and the episode he came back in and then the little appearances he's had throughout the remaining episodes of the season that ah, was just i could not be happier with how they handled the return of boba Vett. Yeah, um, it was great also to see him actually do something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like to actually have an action sequence, which I thought was really well done. Um, the action towards the latter half of, of the season of the Mandalorian, uh, I was it the Mandalore, uh, the Mandalorian <laughs> was really well done. I'm, I, and I am talking about that fight scene on, um, was it Terrace? Was it uh, Tython? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just such a, it was just such a great season. Just just a great. I don't <laughs> the best word to describe it is just great Star Wars content. No matter what medium you're watching, yeah. movie, TV show, animation, books, comics, whatever, just games. It's just some of the best Star Wars you're ever going to see, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say more to, for for me anyway. More towards the latter half of of uh this season this past mm-hmm. season because uh the, the sort of beginning of the season i felt it was more like side quests you know and i felt like towards the end it it, it became more of the main quest where it's like okay this is the grand story that we're telling you this isn't well, we got stuck on this planet and we're kind of doing nothing oh there's giant spiders oh there's a there's x-wing you know sort of thing Whereas, like, towards the end, it's it's it, it incorporated its story way with uh, a, a lot better than it had been. 
doing. Yeah, I mean, I love the whole season, but definitely the back half is the strongest part of the season. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. And even for the finale, as much as we're talking about how work has been super busy for us, it is kind of draining us during this time period. I had to make sure where I stayed up that Thursday night at midnight <laughs> to watch it because I did. I was not spoiled on the appearance of Luke, and they did a great job of keep, keeping that a secret. I did not see any whispers or hints or any rumors about that, which is hats off to them. But you just know it's the finale. Something big's going to go down, and I don't want to take the chance of that getting spoiled, and I just don't want to be thinking all day of what's going down in the finale while I have to wait till the workday is done to watch it. I just wanted to make sure I watched it the first time it came out, and boy, was it worth it staying up late <laughs> and watching that finale. And then getting an end credit scene, too, to top it all off, <laughs> teasing the next series with the Book of Boba Fett. So uh, I definitely did not regret staying up later than probably I should have that night to watch it, but... I was on a buzz for that whole day afterwards, a whole weekend. It was just crazy to see the effect and impression that episode left with left with you after you watch it. It was just incredible. Yeah, and I this is a little thing, Tim, that I, I thought was really, really cool. I love um that staff that uh the man the man oh, yeah. has. Totally. I love that staff. Yeah, but that was an underrated I, sequence in the entire episode, I feel. His fight, his fight with Moff Gideon, that was a really yeah. cool fight. Yeah, yeah, with the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like how it, the, the, the Darksaber would heat up the, the, the staff at uh-huh. certain points. I, I, I just thought that was a really, really cool aspect of that whole thing. Um, but I did mention that Spider episode. Uh-huh. Um, kind of a little thing has nothing to do with the lore of Star Wars. I like how you can get pulled over in the Star Wars universe <laughs> by a cop. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I don't know. I just love it. I just love the, that that the sort of little yeah um, detail, and, and and you can run away from the cops like the Mandalorian did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just cool, to kind of seeing that aspect of our real world life how it works in the star wars universe (laughs) it was cool to see uh but yeah anyway uh let's let's do our minute by minute commentary our dark night rise minute by minute commentary uh and this could be a big moment dane it could be Is (laughs) is this the end of our commentary and the beginning of a new commentary um i don't know We'll have to see. I see John Blake holding up that lamp uh, or that flashlight on the Batcave. I don't know if we're going to get the end. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be another two hours. (laughs) Another two hours. (laughs) Is this going to be the Bruce Wayne uh, library room sequence all over again? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is, uh, I don't know if uh, I got the extended cut of The Dark Knight Rises. that would be nice if we got that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just grab your VHS tape, grab your beta tape, grab your laser disc, grab your. Wow, I am so lucky. Uh, <laughs> it has been a while Blu-ray. since we listed all this dead media format. <laughs> yeah, grab your grab your Blu-ray, grab your DVD, grab your your projector, grab your. Did I get? Did I get everything, Tim? Um, I think you did. Uh, DVHS, the... DVHS, uh, and your DVHS player. 
And the con- uh, did you say the converter? Not yet, not yet. I'm getting okay. to that. Too. Okay, <laughs> jumping ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> grab your Blockbuster video card. Um, grab your uh, Netflix physical sp- subscription card. Uh, and grab our favorite, our favorite VHS DVD converted copy. It's been so long since I've said that. It's been like three months since I've said that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I got to get one. I actually just treated myself and got a new big screen TV for my theater room in 4K for the first time. Got some new equipment, but I have yet to get a DVD to v- or VHS to DVD converter <laughs> system to play that to play those type of movies on it. So I know that's the way I have to watch all the new movies now through that process on my new TV. So I've yet to do that, but I got to do that soon. Yeah, so so when you do watch Tenet, make sure you uh, convert it convert it from uh, VHS to D- DVD before you put it in your brand new TV. Yeah, so yeah. what we got to do is get yeah. you know get the HD or 4K HD copy. Yeah, transfer that to a VHS copy, and then right. transfer the VHS copy to a DVD copy, and that's when I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going back and forth and back and forth with with, with technology, Tim, physical media. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, we are on minute two thirty six. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to minute two thirty seven. So just grab any of those media formats and cue it to that 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 minute, and I'm gonna give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? I am ready. What could potentially be a big moment? Let's see. All right, so three, two, one, hit play. As I'm seeing Gordon with a big smile on his face, seeing the bat signal for yeah. the first time. And people could obviously, this movie was split in reactions, but man, do I love this ending and just how it wraps up the trilogy yeah. and the story that Christopher Nolan started with the story of Bruce Wayne. This moment right here between Bruce and Alfred, it's just, oh, I love it. Did not notice uh, that's uh, Anne Hathaway uh, the first time I saw it. Oh, you didn't notice her in general? I thought you were going to say you yeah, didn't I, notice she I, was I wearing notice. the pearls because that I didn't notice. But <laughs> uh, I didn't notice uh, she was even in that shot uh, the first time I saw saw this. Oh, Dang. are we? Are we? We are did we it. It's over. Right, we're done. We're done. The wow. dark night has risen. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it only well. took five years or whatever. <laughs> oh, we did it, Tim. I can't believe uh, it. It's over. Let's let's give ourselves a round of applause, Dave. Come yeah. on. <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right. Wow. We had our doubters, but we persevered. <laughs> oh. I, wow. I can, I, I... You think I could safely say we've done what no other podcast has done before with The Dark Knight yeah. Rises? <laughs> This is the first time this has been done, right? This has to be. For, for The Dark Knight Rises, this, this has to be, right? I would think so. I know there are yeah. there are podcasts that break down movies like minute by minute, I believe, but actual commentary all the way through, I don't know if it's been done yeah. for this movie. I... You know what? Let, let me just... Hold on. Let me look it up really quick. The Dark... Night rises minute commentary. 
Well, so this means I can finally take out my DVD disc I've had sitting in my desktop computer <laughs> all these years <laughs> just to keep it in there for these commentaries. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what an accomplishment. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Oh, yeah, that's the, good. There's YouTube videos you can sync up with uh, The Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight. And um, I guess play along while you watch. But nobody... Nobody has done a minute by minute commentary, Tim. I'm, I think I'm going to say it. I think I can say it in confidence. That nobody has done it until we did it. Yes, we done it. <laughs> We've got that badge of honor now. It's only ours. <laughs> well, Dane. Uh, yeah, I was. I did a little research just in case this was the last episode where we're going to have our last minute of the Dark Knight Rises to do a commentary on. So I looked up when we did our first one. And do you want to take a guess at all to sure. the year we started it? Mm, I'm going to say 2016. Mm. 2015. Sorry, 2015. Uh, not far back enough, Dana. <laughs> really? really? We started it no, uh, November 22nd. Episode 43 is when that was released in 2013. <laughs> oh. oh my god. We've been doing this for eight years. Almost eight. eight. Well, technically just a little over seven since Gee, it was in November, but still. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Well, oh talk about god. sticking with it, man. <laughs> Let me let me read you the description for this episode. Sure, sure. In this episode, Tim, Dane, Terrence, and Rob talk about the Man of Steel rumors, people who are fans of Titanic, why Titanic was such a big movie, even if it was Metacore, Kevin Smith seeing the new Batsuit, Wonder Woman being in Man of Steel 2, seven wow. magical whiskey caps, <laughs> and they start the first minute of a minute-by-minute -minute commentary for The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Oh my god. 2013. Yeah, so we started doing this podcast around April 2012, I think. So just a little yeah. over a year and a half is when we started the commentaries. And then eight years later, <laughs> we finished it. Wow. You, you know, I, I am speechless. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to feel. Uh, I can't believe we 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 stuck to it that long. I mean, come I on, think about it. We easily could have said over these past seven years that I mean, come on, do we really want to continue with a minute by minute commentary? I mean, who really I cares know, about right? stuff? But no, we said from the get go, no matter what happens, we're going to finish this movie minute by minute. Uh -huh. And by golly, did we do it? <laughs> we did it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Ah, oh, so so much time has passed, and oh, we, we've that, literally man. seen we've literally seen everything this movie has to offer. Uh, we, yeah. we, went, <laughs> uh, we went on a minute by minute basis for this. It just um, like during this process of comment doing a commentary on one Batman movie, we went through an entire era of a new live action Batman with Ben <laughs> Affleck onto a new one with uh, Robert Pattinson Batman. <laughs> crazy i was kind of listening because 
I didn't know offhand, obviously, what episode number we started doing the commentary. So I was kind of yeah. going through some of these episodes where I thought would be around that time period and just kind of hit and play on it and just seeing if we did a commentary at the beginning. And I sure. found one was like two or three episodes after this one where uh, we were doing it with Rob from Everyone Who Loves the Drake when he was doing yeah. the Bat Fans podcast with us. And he goes, hey, guys, you know what? I think if we time this out right, we maybe could be done with the commentary by the time Batman versus Superman comes out and the release of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that would have been really quick if that was the case, but nope. I know, that right? movie's now almost five years old. Wow. <laughs> oh. That movie is five years old. We were talking about Man of Steel 2. We thought... We, we we thought there was going to be a Man of Steel two. Oh, <laughs> so much has changed, man. <laughs> that that was three presidents ago, Tim. <laughs> You're right, three yeah. presidents ago. <laughs> wow. Uh, if if you had a kid, the day that was born, the day we started that, that kid <laughs> would be. In second grade, first or second grade right now. (laughs) (sighs) In different ways you could look at this. If you're a big video game fan and like me, one of your favorite games is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Seven years is the exact time when Link pulled out the Master Sword and was held in the Chamber of Sages until he was awakened as an adult to face off Ganon seven years later. That's how long it took our oh. Dark Knight Rises. Minute by minute commentary. <laughs> so 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 Link was a kid and seven years later he was an adult. Yep. And during that time he was just listening to our commentaries. <laughs> that's, yeah, so that's how we passed the time in the Chamber of Sages. <laughs> our minute by minute commentary. It's like we were in I don't know. Tim. That that is incredible. I, I, I cannot believe we stuck to it. Um, again, seven years flew by. Uh, the, the sort of feeling I have right now is like, well, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> For this very moment, it, Dane. It, 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 yeah, but it never came up during that, or maybe it did like once or twice. But for the most part, it didn't. It, it's just something automatic we did. We did. It's like yeah. going to work in the morning and grabbing a cup of coffee or something, or drinking water or something. Like you, you don't even think about it. It's 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, it was just part of the show. I mean, yeah. it's crazy when you think about how it was only forty-two episodes that we've had without the commentary. I think there might be some episodes sprinkled within where we didn't do it, maybe because one of us was missing, or just a special topic or a special review episode, yeah. and we save it for later. But for the most part, every episode of this podcast <laughs> has had a minute-by-minute commentary for the Dark Knight Rises after episode 42 and now we're on episode 211 as we're recording this one so yeah that's a lot of episodes yeah i don't know what to do with my life now tim <laughs> i i feel like i've lost something <laughs> <laughs> no it should be a sense yeah. of accomplishment you completed yeah. a task yeah. that we set out to do no matter how long it took and we did it of course of course see now um, we know how frodo felt when he Destroyed the ring on Mount Doom. <laughs> a long journey to that. Except we didn't turn evil and have uh, Gollum actually be the one to destroy the ring. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of which, um, looking to the future, I think that's going to be our next movie uh, that, that that we're going to do a minute by minute commentary for. Uh, uh, Fellowship of the Ring. I, I recently rewatched it. It's it's the first time since I've I saw it in the theater that I've sat down and watched. Wow, really? The entire movie in one sitting. 
Um, and it will be appropriate because it's hard. Another thing that's hard to believe this year is the 20th anniversary of the Fellowship of the Ring coming out in the theaters in oh, December. Oh, great. Yeah. Wow, that movie's 20 years old now. Yeah, I, uh, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I recently rewatched it. Um, it's, it's, it's a really well done movie. Uh, I really liked it. Um, so I think that's going to be our next, um, our, our, our next commentary. If you're open to it, Tim, I don't know if you want it to do a star Wars movie. I don't know if you want it to do like, like the last Jedi. I, 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 if, if, well, if it was a star Wars movie, yeah, the last Jedi, because it, that is the longest star Wars movie, right? Yeah. Well, right. here's the thing. Here's the thing with, if we do fellowship of the ring, see, it yeah. took us just about seven years to do dark Knight rises, which was, Two and a half hours, two hours and thirty six minutes. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is three hours. Just okay, not doing the extended edition. So we did the extended edition. We're looking at maybe ten years. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know if we can do it, Tim. <laughs> but, hey, well, we kind of have to top uh, ourselves now. We did the Dark Knight yeah. Rises. We, this has to go bigger, really. Yeah, yeah. So I think Fellowship of the Ring. But then there's the other two movies, uh, Two Towers and... Well, we don't have to do all of them. We obviously didn't do Trinity. the entire Dark Knight trilogy. No, no, no. Well, well, I was just thinking, like, which which Lord of the Rings movie should, should we do? Oh, it should be should, Fellowship should, should of the Ring. No, no question. Okay, Fellowship. That's my favorite. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I recently rewatched it. Uh, first time since... I saw it in the theater that I've actually sat down in one sitting and watched the entire thing. Was it the extended edition or was it the theatrical yeah, cut? Yeah, it was that three hour version. Um, well, the theatrical cut's three hours. So <laughs> it's like three and a half hours for the extended edition. Uh, let me check really quick just to, just to make sure that, you know, when we do the, the commentary, we have the same copy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on a totally different scene and you're on yeah. <laughs> one that's either before or after. And, and, and my copy is done completely. Yeah, three hours and forty, three hours and forty-eight minutes. Is that yeah, the extended? extended. Okay. Yeah, that is definitely the extended edition. All right. Yeah, three hours and forty-eight minutes. I watched. I I recently watched it. I love it. Um, it's, it's a really well done movie. Um, I do have one little question, Tim. So, okay. Gimli, right? Uh-huh. What he 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 um he, he, you know when they're sort of trapped like not Sauron Sauron Saruman I don't know why Tolkien decided to name those two characters so close together but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> in the animated movie they actually changed his name to Aruman I believe because of that very reason he sounded too really? much like Sauron yeah <laughs> Sauron yeah. Okay, so Saruman is doing his magic stuff and um, makes the blizzard come, and then Gimli is like, "Oh, we can go through the mines of Moria because my cousin lives there, or something. My cousin, my brother, my extended family lives there. I have relationship. Uh, I have a. I have relatives who live there. Right? He clearly has a connection to." the mines of Moria, right? Mm-hmm. So they finally open the door, they get attacked by the squid monster, and 
they go in, it's pitch black. Gandalf does his his staff light. They mm-hmm. find out everybody is dead, right? All the goblins, I mean, all, all the dwarves are dead, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have, wouldn't Gimli have known that? Well, not necessarily. I mean, see, I'm a little rusty on the time period as far as how long they were in the mines of Moria for when they were killed. Because if yeah. they were just living there and they haven't been in contact with other dwarves, if they would just assume everything's okay, I guess, well, maybe they shouldn't have yeah, assumed, but, but no wor- maybe they just don't communicate much and they didn't realize they were in any trouble or figured, hey, we haven't heard from our family in a while. Maybe we should go check. Um, maybe they just never really communicated that much or maybe it wasn't that long of a gap to where they were there and then they got killed and wiped out that's i'm not too clear on the timeline between all that you stuff as them, far as kindly knowing yeah you you they're the the dwarf bodies are mummified already they're they're all they're 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 completely they've been dead for a long time and and gimli if you notice in that scene which we'll get to in 10 years <laughs> uh, that may be eight because uh, <laughs> that's not the end of the movie <laughs> He he's like, oh, my cousin, you know, will treat us like royalty. Yeah. There, there will be beer. There will be food. We will get drunk. We will have fun. We will sing fifty-two songs, um, like uh, the book that this is based on. Um, he is selling them like nobody's business, like a used car salesman. <laughs> like, oh, this is the greatest car in the world. You're gonna have fun. This is gonna be fun. We won't be stuck in this blizzard. But then they get there and they realize like they dug too deep. They got attacked by goblins or trolls or whatever. And they've been dead for a long time. What happened? I mean, Gimli, when was the last time you talked to your cousin? Are you sure? Um, did did you talk to him recently? Uh, was this a recent conversation? Um, he, you know what's what's uh, what's your relationship like with this cousin or whatever? <laughs> yeah, no one you know? asked him that. <laughs> I know. It, it, I mean, I understand it was in a time of you know great chaos or whatever. Um, you know them being on that mountain and stuff, but yeah, I was just kind of doesn't make sense. But, but anyway. Oh, also, uh, Hugo Weaving's character, I can't remember his name. Um, Elrond. Elrond, right. Um, in the beginning, in the prologue, which we'll get to in uh, two years, which we'll complete <laughs> in two years, um, <laughs> um, he that, that, that guy that gets the ring is standing where uh, he can throw it into the, the lava of Mount Doom, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> And, but but he doesn't, and he says something like, "Oh no, this ring is mine," and yada yada yada, um, and stuff like that, right? If if I was Elrond, I would just push him in. <laughs> I would just push him right in, be like, "Oh, so and so fell. He, it, it, it was a cliff face. He tripped on his own shoelaces and fell directly <laughs> into the, the lava. There's nothing I can do. He's dead. You know, that's what I would have done." And uh, None of this would happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, Hugo Weaving, 
Elrond, secret villain. Of- <laughs> He's the reason for all that transpired and the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, everything. It's all because Elrond didn't kill Isildur in that moment. <laughs> or at least chop off his finger or hand or something. <laughs> I, I w- Look, I'm not even taking that chance, Tim. I am pushing him into that level. <laughs> <laughs> you could have saved a lot of people if you just push him into the Alba. You know, but I don't know. Maybe Elrond has a better sense of the world than I do. Because <laughs> he has more honor. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, that's all the type of discussion you can look forward to over the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Of the podcast, I'm doing a commentary for the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, our, our, our next movie is going to be uh, Fellowship of the Ring. All right, if you're okay with that. Oh, I'm down. Yes. Okay, good. Strap yourselves um, in, though. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let, let's let's uh, go on to our featured topic for this episode. Um uh, you, you want to introduce it and lead it, Tim? Well, it's pretty much going to be just kind of, I guess, catching up on some of the things we've been watching as far as everything in the nerd nerd world and watching, reading, playing, just um, kind of catching up on what we've been doing at the same time, I guess, looking back on 2020 and some of our favorites uh, of the year, as we usually do. Um, so, yeah. And I, I guess one thing to start off with the, probably one of the biggest things to come out since our last episode, and I'm curious for your to hear your thoughts on this thing because we haven't really talked about it all at all. But yeah. let's talk about what our favorite movies was for 2020, and, and amongst that theme, going into the end of this year, I had pretty high expectations that when it's all said and done. Wonder Woman 1984 will probably be my favorite movie of 2020. I love the trailers. Everything looked great about it. And the fact that it was coming to HBO Max the day of its theatrical release, like we talked about, I think that might have been on our last episode, <laughs> where just I, how I love that move. I think it's smart. I just couldn't wait to see it. But, ah, man, talk about not being my favorite movie of the year, but one of the most disappointing movies Right. Of the year <laughs> and maybe ever amongst comic book movies. Boy, yeah. was it rough, man. And I can't believe and this is me talking. You know how generally positive I am and always look for the best in the movies and this especially in this genre that I love so much, but it was just hard to find for me anyway, just too many positive things about it that I actually enjoyed. There are a few moments that I enjoyed, I will say that, but overall I just couldn't believe what I saw. And this was the movie that we got as a sequel to one of the best comic book movies ever with the first Wonder Woman. And it was such a disappointment for me. And it was just, man, such a bummer. And yeah, just kind of curious to hear your thoughts as well. Because I talked a little bit about it on social media, but this is the first time actually having an actual discussion on it. But there was just so much about the movie that just felt messy to me and just why certain things were done and just certain performances, so many things about it that did not work for me, which I'm still bummed about actually (laughs) when I think about it, just how excited I was to see this movie. But yeah, Wonder Woman 1984, it's going to go down as one of my bigger disappointments in comic book movies, unfortunately. Yeah, for me, um, 
I haven't really seen. I haven't really been on Twitter. Um, mm. I haven't seen uh, what you said about it or what people have said about it. But um, I'm going to start off with the po- a, a couple of positives that I have. Um, the first positive I have is um, Kristen Wiig. I thought she did a really good job in the beginning half of the movie um, as uh, Barbara uh, Minerva. Sorry. Mm. Um, I, I thought she did a really, really good job uh, to the detriment of Gal Gadot. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Uh, uh, Pablo Pascal, I really... Pedro Pascal. Really, uh, pa- pa- sorry, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about Narcos. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I love in this movie uh, from beginning to end. I wow, okay. thought he... Overshine the. I, I I thought this was his movie. This wasn't a Wonder Woman. No, Wonder I could movie. totally understand that. His, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty clear who he's doing an impression of, who who he was written up uh, based on. But I, uh, he knocked it out of the park with this with this character. Uh, I don't know if he's a is is he a comic book character in the the Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. War? Yeah, oh, Maxwell okay. Lord. Do you remember in yeah, around yeah. the Infinite Crisis era where Wonder Woman actually killed him and snapped his neck? That was such a big deal in the comic world at that time because Wonder, yeah, Wonder Woman see, actually I, killed I, someone. Yeah, I do not. Yeah. Okay. I I, I do not. And yeah. I I didn't know at all if if this was a character from the comic books, but I I thought he did a really really good job, and it was probably the only. You see, uh, I, 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 I feel conflicted because this is a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, but I feel like this is his Pedro Pascal's movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally, totally loved Pedro Pascal. Um, now we get into the negative. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you, Tim. This was not a good movie. Gal Gadot was not good in it. Um, yeah, I just, that's that's another yeah. bummer on it because I just felt it was her acting. Yeah, just it was, it was so like she didn't feel like she was invested in the story or in this performance. Right. And I hate to say that because I'm sure that's not the case, but that's just how it came yeah. across. Yeah, I'm sure she's a great actress. Um, I mean, she's already shown it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. yeah, she she's shown it in that first Wonder Woman movie. But I don't know. It, it it just it just felt like she, like you said, wasn't invested in. Yeah, it's not interested in it. She, yeah. she she was more st- saying lines than she was acting it. You know, and that's the biggest takeaway that I I, I got from her performance was that. Um, I, I kind of don't know where they were going with the story, especially yeah. starting it in um, uh, Themyscira. And then you have this thing where it's like, um, no, uh, or Diana does these Olympic Games type thing, but then mm-hmm. she cheats and then she gets caught. And then what was the message behind that? And how does that work into the into the movie? That That, that almost felt like something from a different Wonder Woman movie that they just decided to copy and paste into this movie because it, it kind of doesn't have anything to do with 
this movie. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. See, what, what, I, I only watched it once, yeah. so maybe I'm just forgetting something, but I thought there was a connection to it at the end, but if it was, it was obviously forgettable for me because I can't recall it <laughs> if there was a through line with yeah. that narrative, but I kind of feel the same way you do right now about it, how it almost didn't have a purpose. And again, maybe I'm just not remembering um, what that th- story thread was and how it came uh, or had a callback to that beginning. But right now, it's just something like something that, like you said, Dane, would just kind of put in there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just shoved in there. And I, I feel like it it really didn't have anything to do with the story. Uh, I, I And I, I just did not like the story with the wishing stone and like, yeah, okay, I did so, not think that's the direction the movie was going to be about <laughs> from yeah, like all the trailers yeah, like, and everything. And it kind of doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so, like, you could say, um, you know, what is your wish? You know, because Maxwell Lord becomes the wishing stone. And he says, okay, so what is your wish? And then, you know, you say your wish and then you get your wish, but then he can take something from you but that that can be anything from yeah from you or he could take something like there's a, there's a cost for every wish it's going to take something yeah yeah but like how, how to like he can essentially say anything right like okay yeah. so tim wants a new tv tim says i wish i had a new tv and so it doesn't really that what maxwell lord gets from tim isn't something that has to do with Tim. So he, he, he can say, I would like the oil reserves of Egypt, but that has nothing to do with, <laughs> with Tim. you know, how, like, how does that work? Uh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really go into full detail as far as the level of the cost of your wish. It has to do with, yeah, like a big life changing wish. It'll take away something right. big from you or if it was small, it takes something small. So I agree. I got to say another one of the things that, I kind of find myself not enjoying in that aspect was just a kind of a superhero sequel movie trope that I kind of ho- hope we've moved beyond was how we got to see the story of a movie of the superhero losing their powers for a bit or not being as strong as yeah. they were. Yeah. Like Superman 2, Spider-Man 2, now Wonder Woman 2. <laughs> this, right. It's just a tired trope where just, you know, I don't get invested in that type of superhero storytelling anymore because we've seen it so many times. And I, I think, I think my pro, my main problem with it is that this should have been Wonder Woman's story, right? Yeah, this should have been totally her agree. her story without the the sort of limitations of plot, right, or mm-hmm. pretext from the previous movie. Enough time has passed. It's been what eighty years? Seven, uh, what is it? Sixty years? Was it about around seventy? Probably yeah. Yeah, yeah, like 70 years. Um, she has no connection to that past. That was World War One. Time passed, right? Uh, we're living in the, in, in the 1980s, and this should have been Diana's movie. This should have been Wonder Woman's movie. She, she doesn't have to worry about Steve. She doesn't have to worry about her boyfriend uh, or what her boyfriend thinks or all of these sort of things. And you know, I, I know a lot of people on Twitter, you know, or a lot of people don't want to believe this, but this is a feminist. This is supposed to be a feminist movie. The, the first one was supposed to be, and it was. This one is supposed to be, but then she's sort of like, 
she she she's again she's held down by 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 Steve Trevor you know shoehorning Steve Trevor into this movie for no reason um you know okay so she wished Steve Trevor would be with her okay that's and great that, that's another but then unnecessary it's been thing 70 years yeah, yeah like it's another been 70 years yeah it's some where i thought was unnecessary is okay you brought Steve Trevor back it could have just been that but why do you have to make it where oh he's actually brought back in someone else's body and life and right like yeah. he doesn't really look like Steve Trevor but she sees him as Steve Trevor like was that that wasn't necessarily clear <laughs> as far as that whole aspect they should have just had her okay he's back that's it yeah like uh, that that also didn't make sense to me it's like okay so is he back or is he is it like the spirit of Steve Trevor or is it yeah, inhabiting someone else's body <laughs> it's, yeah. it was weird or is it a guy that I, I don't know and like yeah, like 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 I was saying, this is supposed to be Wonder Woman's movie. Uh, they, they literally could have done anything with it, and they decided to to do this. And you know, this is nothing against uh, Chris Pine, but he he has no business in this movie. I mean, I know that that this was the crux of the emotional storyline of this movie, but it didn't need that. Uh, this movie really didn't need that it, it's 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 it was a bad move <laughs> to yeah. say the least and it it i don't know I, I i guess the story could have been written way better if you're gonna do the wishing stone okay do the wishing stone but it could have been done way better especially explaining how the wishing stone works and how come like I don't think they ever they ever explained, and I guess you're just supposed to assume that. Okay, so towards the end of the movie, Maxwell Lord is sort of you know falling apart, like he's bleeding from his eyes and his ears and his nose and stuff, and like, it, is it because he's giving so much of it himself? Is is that the story, or is it like everybody's taking from him? Or he's uh, losing his soul, or like, 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 what was that? Like, is that the cost of being the wishing stone? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess I so. That's kind of what I took yeah. from it. <laughs> it was too much for yeah. a person to handle, really, with everyone yeah, like, on the earth making a wish. I guess so. Like, are we just supposed to assume that? But, but anyway, yeah, like, I, I, I just did not understand where they were going with that story. Um, did not understand why they they ended up in egypt um and then you know that that shake or whatever is like okay so like i'm gonna i i i want the walls up and that's gonna be a whole story but then that's dropped uh immediately immediately when they somehow magically get back to america in 30 seconds uh, <laughs> and that fight scene in egypt on the highway really was not good I, it it was just a bad badly shot um, action sequence it it just did not work for me with the with the galling gun and her especially her running doing the fast run mm. that did not look good <laughs> but yeah I I sort of echo your your sentiments, and it's it, it was not a good movie. 
it just did not work on most of its levels. Um, and the the thing I'm most let down about was this was supposed to be like I said this was this was supposed to be one woman's movie. She's not weighed down by a man. She's not weighed down by her time. She's she's not fighting you know a German general in World War One. She's fighting her villain, right? Her sort of joker right in cheetah yeah mm-hmm. but then we she barely she, got that <laughs> barely talk to the side at the end uh yep. supposed to be about maxwell lord and his wishing stone and again like the story gets in the way because it's like she talks to everybody like somehow broadcasting to the entire world um in that final sequence in that is it like a bunker like a military bunker yeah. or something mm. yeah um and everybody just has to renounce their wish and everything is back to normal yeah, <laughs> okay so <laughs> uh, that, that, that was a bit anticlimactic but yeah, okay. it definitely was yeah uh, I, I i think what they were going on was the the relationship between her and steve trevor and her having to let him go and say goodbye. Um, and that was supposed to be the, the, the climax and everybody, okay, so just renounce your wish and everything goes back to normal and everything is fine. Um, yeah, it just did not work for me at all. The story, the wishing stone, uh, the, the underuse, I would say, of Cheetah. Um, yep. And I, I guess what I liked about Pedro Pascal's role as Maxwell Lord is kind of what is one of the downfalls of this movie is that it is his movie and it should have been Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman slash the Themyscira storyline. It should have been that. It shouldn't have been this. <laughs> you know? So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It was just—it's uh, just. I'd hate to use this word, but it was just a mess. I mean, another yeah. thing that I felt wasn't great was the pacing of the movie. I thought like the first hour was just really slow, especially when you're not really invested in the story or the characters. That way, it just really dragged until we got to an action sequence, and even the first action sequence we got with the mall. That felt like a totally different movie where it just really, I don't know what we want to use for it, hammy, cheesy, campy. I mean, if that's the tone you're going for for the whole movie, okay, but it just felt so out of left field for what the rest of the movie was and this what was in oh, and, the first uh, movie. Uh, it felt like, yeah, go ahead. If, if, yeah, if I can interrupt you really quick. Um, I didn't understand, like, the... Um, so people know there's a Wonder Woman, but they don't know there's a Wonder Woman. Apparently she only takes out two cameras. Yeah, yeah. It's, she takes out the cameras, but then she's waltzing around this mall where, I mean, this is the 80s. Malls are the big thing. There's a lot of people there, and then she's just sort of standing there in front of everybody, but then she's trying to conceal her identity um, that she doesn't, that there is no Wonder Woman, but she's just standing there. She saves the girl. She talks to the girl, I think, and that 
that sort of didn't make any sense to me. Like, so they know, but they don't know, or they don't know, but they know. It's what you know. What what is it? You know, what 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 is the sort of thing? You know. Yeah, I guess she's okay with a few people to see her, well, <laughs> but as long yeah. as the whole world doesn't see her, which is like video and all that stuff. But right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This felt that just felt really. She's like just the acting of the criminals. This, it felt like some out of Batman Forever, really. It's <laughs> that <laughs> type of superhero movie. And yeah. again, it's going back to Cheetah too, or just how that again felt like those old type of superhero movies that we've moved away from, where you introduce kind of the nerdy, unsure of themselves villain before they become a villain, and it always gets either picked on, bullied, or not respected, and then they become powerful and are, are a villain. And it's just, again, some that we've seen a story told tons of times before. And then also how Cheetah was just in it for five minutes. It felt very much like Venom in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, the character's in it throughout the movie, but when you actually see them as the villain that you want to see, they're just, it's, it's an afterthought, really. And Cheetah, like Venom in that movie, deserves so much better because of, like you said, she's pretty much Wonder Woman's Joker. And she should have yeah. been the main focus, in my opinion, for this movie and be cheated throughout a good portion of it. So, again, it just a lot of this movie to me felt like old old style type of superhero movies that we grew have grown beyond and just have become much better than the storytellings and the tropes that some older super movies, superhero movies have fell into in the past. And this one's something like that. Because I kind of heard that description of the movie before i saw it where it's kind of like almost like an old old time superhero movie and akin to the christopher reeve superman movie and that got me excited for it but i felt it was like an old school superhero movie for the wrong reasons and not like superman in the movie so yeah i mean i just hate being so negative and down on it because uh, you know how much i love comic book movies and superhero movies and how it really takes something not good for me to not enjoy it and unfortunately one in 1984 is one of those rare exceptions for me where i just really did not like most of it some of the things i did like i did like how they introduced the invisible jet i thought that was pretty clever and that oh, moment yeah. where sh- she finally learns the ability to fly i really like that moment because of something that i was kind of hoping to see where we do see that aspect of her power in live action and that was a really cool moment and but that was kind of it <laughs> again even her golden getting the golden armor felt unnecessary like why did she feel the need to have to wear that and go go back to her home wear it and then go stop cheetah and maxwell lord it seemed like it should have been her priority just to go stop them <laughs> firsthand when the armor really didn't play a role much sure it stopped cheetah's attacks but i felt diana could have handled that on her own without it and it, i know it tied back to the old uh like of the cameo we got with Linda Carter for that character. I mean, they were trying to tie in with that, but it's just another aspect and a plot that felt unnecessary. It was just kind of thrown in there for me. So yeah, unfortunately it just wonder Woman's 1984 was a big disappointment. And I think if I were to score it, man, I want to be generous and give it a two out of five, but I don't think I could even give it that high. I'm going to give it a one and a half out of five. It was just such a letdown. And I didn't felt the need to go back and rewatch it like I do with almost every comic book movie. And the, oh, I even debating if whether I should buy it when it comes out on 4K Blu-ray. 
just the only reason I want to buy it is because to keep my DC movie universe collection complete. <laughs> that would be about it. And maybe <laughs> popping in one more time to see a few scenes here and there, or maybe give it another, another chance down the line. But I just don't have that desire to revisit it at all, which is sad to say, because I rarely feel that way about any comic book movie. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was going to be me dashing it and you loving it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of like I, how our reviews always go for a comic book movie. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Like I, I, I thought it was going to be you loving it and me sort of being like, Oh God, this it was not a good movie. Uh, but, I yeah, I'm surprised. Um, you, you brought up the, uh, the the gold suit. I I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because she's only in it once for like, I want to say five minutes yeah, of the movie, about... and it it kind of doesn't really have anything to do with anything. So, if I had to rate it, I think I'm gonna go a half step lower than you. I'm gonna give it a one out of five. It, it was disappointing. I thought it was going to be good. Um, but Pedro Pascal and uh, Kristen Wiig sort of saved it for me because I, 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 I was so let down by Gal Gadot and her acting. And in this movie, um, and just the story overall, like I just could not get into it. There's nothing for me to latch on to. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I, I I've, I, I know Wonder Woman slash Diana really wanted Steve to be in her life. Okay, I get it, but it's been seventy years, and you have to move on, and you got to do something else, right? And they didn't. And it's just like, okay, so we're going to do the Steve Trevor thing again. Ah, this wishing stone, I don't know how it works. And Okay, so Steve Trevor came back, but he knows how to fly a 1980s um, jet somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, some story elements are just completely dropped. Completely have nothing to do with the story. Um, yeah, th- there was nothing for me to really latch on to and really love about it besides Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig. I, and and I, I, I understand, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the comic, book, comic book movie trope of, um, you know, like you, like you were saying, the, the, the geek that gets the power and goes mad. Uh, but I, I, I think she does it well. You know, it's, 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 well, it's a well-trodden path, but I think Kristen will. Uh, Kristen Wiig does a really good job with it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to give it a one out of five. It 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 was just a total letdown. Uh, I actually feel bad for Wonder Woman fans who. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, 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 at least they know what we us Batman fans feel like when Batman versus Superman came out. At least for some of us, I I, I know you love that movie, but. Wow. Uh, was it speaking of which I, I you know, I it, the, the two movies have the same thing in common. It should have been Batman versus Superman in Batman versus Superman. Um, but it wasn't. It, it was just a scene. <laughs> it was just a scene at the end. Um, this Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984 should have been 
Wonder Woman in 1984, you know, and it, it just was not. And, yeah, it's yeah, a bummer. It, it, it's a um, so, with that, even though I was hoping and expecting Wonder Woman 1984 to be my favorite movie of the year, I yeah. guess if I had to choose a favorite movie, as far as new ones that came out, I mean, I only saw a few of them. <laughs> so right now it's actually between Birds of Prey, Bill and Ted's Face of Music, and Sonic That's the Hedgehog. Good. Those are those That's three good. movies that stood out to me this year. <laughs> that uh, Bill and Ted movie was good. Yeah, it really was good. Yeah. It was a nice c- continuation of a sequel you wouldn't have expected to get in or got almost 30 years since the last one. <laughs> so yeah. they did, I did a good job of continuing their story in a, a fun, but yet also kind of interesting way too. Oh, okay. I have to check that one out then. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess... Uh, for me... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, actually, I don't know if you can count this, but the favorite, my favorite movie I saw this year is actually an old movie that I saw for the first time, or old movies I saw for the first time. That, that would be the Godfather trilogy. I saw those for the first time this year, and I loved them, especially one and two. And the third one I know gets a bad rap, but I still enjoyed it. Not as good as the first two, but I kind of finally know what why those movies are considered masterpieces and classics in cinema. So I really enjoyed seeing those for the first time. My girlfriend is a really big fan of those movies. Yeah. Um, I have not sat down and watched them uh, at all, but um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, isn't the third one uh, the last portion of that film? Isn't it silent? Like it's just music. Yeah, there's yeah, kind of like how a Star Wars movie ends, <laughs> where it's just music playing for the last few minutes or the last few scenes. Yeah, that was the oh, case for the okay. third. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Francis Ford Coppola, they just released kind of like his director's cut edit of it um, with the ending being a little different and certain scenes being edited and rearranged differently. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm curious to check it out to see if it does make it any better or not. Um, for me, I don't know, I guess new releases, Birds of Prey. Um, I, I, I really liked Birds of Prey. Um it knows exactly what it is and it wears it proudly. Exactly, uh, yeah. And you cannot really blame it for uh, blame the movie for it. Um. So yeah, I guess Birds of Prey, um, old movies, probably Fellowship of the Ring. That it's it's an appreciation I never really had for uh, that movie, uh, that trilogy, I should say. Um. Yeah. So so so, so probably Fellowship of the Ring. For, for old movies. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're um, it's on that level that it's been on for me for almost 20 years now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to bring up uh, one movie that I mentioned previously. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Tenet. I haven't seen it yet. I've been wanting okay. to, though. I, I got to run it. <laughs> yeah, right. I've heard um, mixed things on it, though, so I'm curious what you thought. <laughs> You couldn't get into it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I've heard that from I, a lot just, of people. Yeah, it, it's it's mostly the story. It's um, your typical Christopher Nolan story where he expects the visual to explain the story. Um, you know, it, it, it worked in Dunkirk. It works really well in Dunkirk. Um, you know, not knowing anything about the, the, the 
Dunkirk uh, evacuation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really need to know what exactly happened because he shows you what, what, what happens. Right. Um, and it works really well. Tenet, I feel it's really, really, really good action sequences. And, uh, with, uh, John David Washington, uh, really, really good action sequences, um, but I feel like he's trying to explain uh, that that sort of he's trying to explain this con- complex idea of time travel, right? Mm. Like this, this, this sort of complex thing. It's not just okay, we go on the machine and we go back. It's it's this thing where it's like the bullets are from the future, but then we 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 fire it, but then it's coming back. And then you, you, you sort of have to aim your gun where you think the bullet is going to go or something, right? Something like that. And it's just the way he, he doesn't explain it with the visuals very well. Um, and the, the sort of thing where it's like, okay, so we're going to go ahead of time to, to help us here. But then um, somebody else can go ahead and counter us and... You see, it's it's like this this complicated thing, and I think he he just needed to have a character to sit there and explain it to us, and he sort of tries to do that, but then even then, it's a quick explanation of like these bullets that are from the future that do something, and it's it's it kind of doesn't really make sense. Sort of like Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, it, it, kind of doesn't really make sense um but maybe i'm just an idiot that doesn't get it um you know i i I will gladly raise my hand and say yeah i'm a complete idiot when it comes to that sort of thing didn't really make sense um it was kind of a letdown story-wise uh but yeah the action sequences are really really well done yeah how was the audio on the dialogue i heard that's a i heard a lot of complaints about that from people how it's hard to understand the dialogue that's being spoken yeah. by the characters did you have that issue certain points uh especially you're you, you're gonna get to it but there's scenes where they're on a boat and this is i don't think i'm spoiling anything but there's scenes on a boat and they're trying to explain something important to the story and it's the noise of the boat the 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 boat engine and the water rushing past the boat um and they're talking sort of with their indoor voice they're talking soft like this Mm. that's when i had problems okay i was like wait wait, what 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 and I have to turn on the subtitles (laughs) yeah Yeah, i heard a lot of people want to do that (laughs) yeah uh, but yeah, uh, Tenet, I'd probably give a, a two and a half out of five, sort of right in the middle. Uh, it, really great action sequences, especially the first sequence with, um, uh, the, the sort of, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw it. It, it, it is available on YouTube. Um, it's sort of like a prelude to the, to the movie, okay. uh, but no, it is in the yet, movie. Though. Um, it's, it's in an opera house and John David Washington and his partners 
you know, have to infiltrate it for a reason. And uh, the, the the backwards uh, car chase scene was really well done. Uh, again, I, I it didn't make sense, and I didn't know what they were doing. And there's an action sequence at the end that I thought was really, really well done. Um, so, yeah, uh, really great action sequences. Not so much on the story and explaining the story. Um, but, yeah, I really liked it um, for uh, its action sequences. Okay, yeah, I still still want to check it out, even though I've heard mixed things on it. But I, yeah. I think just for the visuals alone, it should be good <laughs> to yeah, at visually, least experience once. Visually, it doesn't get any better than um, than uh, Tenet. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. All right, so yeah, that's our thoughts on movies for 2020, and unfortunately, the biggest disappointment of 2020 <laughs> was Wonder Woman. But um, moving along, I guess you could say what our favorite video game of the year was. And if you played anything since our last episode, for me, yeah. I've played the only game I played after I beat Spider-Man uh, miles Morales was a legend of Zelda breath of the Wild, or I should say Hyrule warriors, <laughs> but uh, age of calamity, which is supposed to be a prequel to breath of the wild. And I said before, I wasn't a big fan of the dynasty Warriors style hack and slash, but I did have fun with this one. It was fun. And didn't get to a point where it got repetitive just because, I love the story they were showing, talking about um, what happened before the events of Breath of the Wild and getting to experience the story with Link and Zelda recruiting the champions that um, you only get to see as spirits and flashbacks in Breath of the Wild. So seeing that story play out was really cool. But then they did something that they threw a wrinkle in it where it almost created its own unique timeline where if you played Breath of the Wild, certain characters, I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilers here, certain characters that go into or that you meet in Breath of the Wild go back in time and team up with you and the other champion characters and totally changes the outcome and timeline <laughs> for Zelda. And any Zelda fans know there's different timelines and branching timelines throughout the Zelda universe. And I think a new one just got created here in uh, Age of Calamity. But overall, it was cool to get this backstory and see these characters um, that you that I really enjoyed in Breath of the Wild and see it continue um, in this game was a lot of fun. So I really enjoyed it. But my game of the year is going to be no question. I'm sure this won't be a surprise to you, Dane, or anyone listening, but Final Fantasy Can I guess VII. it? Oh, sorry. Oh, I, <laughs> I just said it. Oh, I was going to guess it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been too hard to figure out, but Final Fantasy yeah. VII Remake, I mean, we reviewed it on an earlier episode from 2020, but it was everything I was hoping for and more was what it did with its story and how things aren't going to necessarily be the same moving forward. And just, of course, the graphical enhancement was what's this mind-blowing, playing iconic moments, again, like never before. And the new gameplay mechanic, I thought, worked really well. Just everything about it clicked for me and it was just exactly what i was hoping for in a remake of one of my all-time favorite games so without question final fantasy 7 remake is my game of the year but um i'm sure there were i don't know if this is going to be your game of the year dane i'm i know it's probably going to be between this one and another one but uh, i'm curious to see okay. if i can guess what your game of the year is okay because uh, it's one i'm probably going to be playing next and i want to start really soon but does it happen to be Ghosts of Shusima? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was thinking it was either going to be that or Last of Us Part Two for you, but okay. So uh, it's actually both. With mm, so you want to tie? Huh? Yeah. So three way tie. 
Last of Us 2 is the best game I played last year. It's the best okay. game I've played in a long time. It's probably since the first one. Um, but <laughs> I have no intention of going back to it. It is... <laughs> uh, yeah. It is, it, it's traumatic. It's traumatic. It's emotionally exhausting. It's so emotionally exhausting. I can't... I can't even begin to explain how emotionally exhausting it is i've i've tried and i can't it's a game that really traumatizes you it sticks with you it 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 really makes you think about it after you've completed completed it right mm-hmm. i know when you were reviewing it explain the whole story to me i could definitely see why <laughs> right. you would feel that it's way so oh man it's it and I'm so glad it came out when it did, and not when I was so busy with work and all these other things. I'm so glad I, I was in a good headspace, nothing to do, was happy. <laughs> it's a game you have to be in the right headspace for. And um, after it, I have zero intention of going back to it. <laughs> I just cannot, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, yeah. Maybe at the, the end of the, the PlayStation 5's console lifespan. Maybe I'll go back to it. <laughs> but, yeah, I just cannot. I, it's, it's a great story, great characters. I know it was the biggest controversy in the world, uh, in the video game world. Um, but I loved it. It, it. it was definitely the best, best game I've played in a very, very long time. Uh, that being said, Ghost of, Ghosts Ghost of Tsushima, sorry, was also really good. It was one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. It, I don't know if you've seen the footage of people playing it on PlayStation 5. A little bit, and that's why I really yeah, want to play it next on my PlayStation 5. That's probably going to be my next go-to. Uh, one of the things I did like about it, uh, just a little thing uh, to begin things, um, was uh, the fast PlayStation 4 loading times. It, it was literally a blink of an eye. Um, it, there's zero load times. Once you're in, you're in. Um, story was really, really well done. Um, you can kind of tell, if, if you've seen a samurai movie in your lifetime, you can tell where it's going. Mm-hmm. And you can tell yeah. what the ending is uh, where it's going what the ending is who you have to fight at the end you can tell um gameplay wise i i love the i love the katana the katana gameplay it it, it felt really smooth it's it's what I, I i feel like a summer i would do stealth stealth side uh not so much i i I felt my. Uh, I felt like you know what. I'm not even gonna stealth into this thing. I'm just gonna go in and phase <laughs> off with all of these guys, all of these uh, Mongols. So um, still side, not so much. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, a really good game. Great mechanics. Um, is it, it, especially the new, um, the first of its kind. I'd say uh, waypoint system. Where it's like, okay, so the quest is over there. Got to get to from this point of the map to that point of the map. But the non-intrusive uh, 
guide system that they have mm-hmm. with the wind using the wind um, is, is is really well done. Um, some of the side quests are really fun. Um, uh, you know, go, going up into these these uh, monasteries, these little monasteries or shrines, um, and having to figure out how to get up there because the, the the walkway is broken and you have to jump. There's a lot of parkour, uh, so that reminds me of um, the uh, the parkour system in uh, Assassin's Creed, the Assassin's Assassin's Creed games. Uh, so a lot of stuff to do the the the, the fox um, the, the fox game fox gameplay I'd say is really good uh, following the fox around is, is really fun um, but again the combat is really really well done um, it's it's sort of a not mash button sort of thing but timing sort of thing especially when you do the the showdown. Uh, like you can call people out and do like your old gunslinger. It's like a gunslinger standoff. Yeah, I've seen clips uh, of those. It was like pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's a timing thing. Uh, the combat is a timing thing. The stances um, for for different enemies, and um, it's a different kind of combat. I'd say it's it, it's not like a whole bunch of guys descend on you, and you have to fight them off. Uh, you know, all at one time. It's more of a slow. Well, like- the exact opposite of Hyrule Warriors <laughs> Age of Calamity for uh, Dynasty Warriors gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Or the Arkham games where right. it's just like a bunch of guys. Um, but yeah, I definitely Ghost of Tsushima is one of the best uh, PS4 games, I'd say. Cool. Yeah, and I'm excited to play on the PS5 because I've heard it was like probably the best PS4 game that runs on the PS5 where you notice a difference in it so uh, i'm looking forward to starting that soon yeah yeah definitely definitely started soon <laughs> cool all right so we, i guess next up would be tv shows and i think we kind of talked about it already at the beginning with the mandalorian and without question that's <laughs> my favorite tv show of this year or last year i should say no hands down it was just incredible Star Wars content to experience as a lifelong fan and it was great and it was going to be hard for anything to top it but uh, I just recently actually just last night I finally watched the uh, third season of Cobra Kai and that was really good too and that series is like continues to impress where you don't think it'd be on the level that it is (laughs) going into it as a sequel series to the Karate Kid movies but man it just it's fun. It's entertaining. You just invested with the characters, really good performances. I just love it. Every season, it's just, you've been, I've been through it right away. <laughs> it's just some, or maybe you would think, oh, I only watch maybe an episode or two episodes a night, but you're done with it in a day or two. It's just that good way you just want to continue it. So I really enjoyed this season of Cobra Kai as well. And then also another series I want to mention on Netflix is the Jurassic World Camp, Camp Cretaceous animated series. That is a nice surprise of a TV show in the really? Jurassic Park universe. Yeah, it's obviously aimed more towards kids, but still, as any fan of the Jurassic Park franchise, I think you'll enjoy it. They do a great job of incorporating kind of... It takes place in the Dura- the first Jurassic World movie and where these kids are kind of ex- previewing this new aspect of the park where it's like a, a summer camp type environment, but 
the events that transpire in Jurassic World with the Indominus Rex running amok amongst the park. Um, that kind of ruins everything, and you got to see how they survive within the park and then being left on the island and how they try to survive on their own amongst dinosaurs and just kind of working together as these young kids. And it's a, they just re- do a really good job of capturing that Jurassic Park suspense and adventure and action that you would come to expect from the movies with dinosaurs. They capture it really nicely in the animated series. The animation isn't the best. I will say it's not on the level of anything like Clone Wars um, and as far as that CG animation, but it gets the job done where certain elements are still like action sequences with dinosaurs are still cool and need to see in that animated format. It's just not the best you're going to see, but it was a nice surprise and just kind of cool to get some more uh, Jurassic Park content other than the movies <laughs> that's set in the same universe. So I really enjoy that series. So any fans of Jurassic Park and who hasn't thought maybe to check it out thinking uh, the series is not going to be for them because it is mainly made for kids, which it is, but you'll still enjoy it. Um, there's still a lot of stuff uh, to get out of it, I would say, if you're a fan of the movies. I got to write that down now. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out. All right, so for me, um, it's probably going to be uh, The Last Dance. <laughs> uh, okay. Chicago Bulls uh, slash Michael Jordan um, documentary TV show. Um, the 10 episodes of, of that. I really enjoyed it. As, as someone who sort of started loving basketball around that period, uh, it was great. It, it, it was a really good callback to um, childhood memories. And j- j- just to see Michael Jordan talk without, you know, uh, t- talking candidly about, you know, what was going on in the Bulls organization, you know, his father's death. And um, just all sorts of stuff was really, really interesting. I, I don't think we're ever going to see uh, Michael Jordan or any other athlete talk that candidly uh, ever, right? <laughs> um, and it's, 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 it's really, it, it was really good to see. Um, so yeah, pro- for, for me, probably the last dance. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I heard great things about it. I know it was always a trending topic on Twitter when it was airing. So <laughs> it might be something to check out. I'm not a big basketball fan. I do appreciate the sport, especially that era with Michael Jordan, just how he's the greatest ever <laughs> to probably play it. So I should probably check that out one of these days. But um, have, have you been watching uh, the WandaVision series at all? No, I haven't, but I've I've heard that it's really good. Yeah, you definitely, like the first few episodes, it definitely goes for what it was setting out to do as far as recreating those old sitcoms from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And you, it, they go full-blown in. Laugh Track is on there, as you were talking about Laugh Tracks throwing you off on Seinfeld, so it might throw you off on these first few episodes of WandaVision also. But sprinkled in, there was like these mysteries of what actually is going on in this world that they're living in right now. But this, this past episode that just aired yesterday as we're recording, the fourth episode, was really good where it's kind of more in the real world setting. You see some familiar characters from the Marvel movies and they start peeling back and fitting the pieces of the puzzle just a little bit um, to where things are going with the series. So it's doing a good job of setting up this mystery and also uh, going full-blown comedy sitcom style. And that might not work for everyone. I know for me, it kind of took a little bit to get used to over the first episode or two 
Um, but um, I just got the feeling that it's obviously setting up something way bigger and it's going to be a great payoff. And I think we're starting to see that already in this past last episode. So I'm excited for the future ones um, for the rest of the series and just where this story is going to go for uh, Wanda, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch and Vision as characters. So it's going to be interesting to see play out, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, another uh, honorable mention, I, I guess you could say, or, or another se- a series that I really enjoyed was um, uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. Mm, okay, that, yeah, that I heard good things about really that too. Well yeah, that that was really well done. It's sort of each episode is self-contained with the with the same characters, so different time periods with same characters. Mm, okay, uh, and there's an overarching story. Uh, you don't have to know anything about Lovecraft except he created this this sort of mythos this horror mythos um and he said some racist things back in the day that's all you got to know about it um because because i don't know anything about hp lovecraft or his his whole horror thing um so yeah and and i was totally fine so yeah definitely check out uh lovecraft uh country okay cool all right, so next up, um, I guess on the list, as we always talk about, is I guess some of my favorite comics from 2020. And sad to say, that was kind of the first year where I really kind of cut back on my comic book reading as, as far as new titles go. I did a lot of reading on old school comics. Like I mentioned a few episodes ago, I was reading a lot of 80s Batman stuff, which was fun. And But when you talk about new comics, I mean, this is another no-brainer for me. Is what was my favorite of the year, just like how Mandalorian was my favorite TV show. But... Batman Three Jokers, hands down, without question, is going to be the best comic story you could read um, in 2020 and I think beyond. I said before in my reviews how I think this is an instant classic Batman story. Jeff Johns did some amazing things with the character, not only just the Joker, as the title implies, but just with Bruce Wayne and the Wayne murders and Joe Chill. All that stuff that went down that final issue, I think, is just going to be up there as one of the best Batman moments ever and just how it is going to be something you look back upon and just say, man, what a, just a great story that was told here with characters who have existed for decades and these new wrinkles that Jeff Johns threw in there that just felt so right and so natural that these characters with these characters, it's just brilliant. And not to mention the art by Jason Fabog was just incredible. So yeah, three jokers, hands down the best comic story I've read last year and I think might be <laughs> one of the best ones, um, at least in the Batman realm of comic book stories for the foreseeable future. It was just really, really good and blew me away. So yeah, usually that was my best uh, comics that I read. Um, honorable mention of course was Batman. The adventures continue the continuation of the animated series. I enjoyed the heck out of that. And the three jokers just wasn't as amazing as it was Batman. The adventures continues would be the next in line as far as my favorite it's the way alan burnett and paul dini continued the animated universe by introducing characters for the first time in that universe but that we knew from the comics like Azrael and um like deathstroke and the big one being jason todd and throwing him into the mix was really well done so that was great but um yeah that was pretty much it for me on the comic front like i said i kind of cut back and that's still kind of the case probably for the foreseeable future i'm just not excited about the current state of dc comics right now with the whole future state thing going on and yeah so (laughs) uh the only thing i'm probably going to be reading is the batman catwoman 
series, which I'm behind on issue two. I haven't read that yet, but the first one is really good. I'm not sure if we even talked about that on our last episode. I'm not sure if that was out. It's been so long, but I really enjoyed the first issue and bringing Phantasm into the mix was really good. So I'll probably still be reading that. But other than that, it might be pretty dry on the comic front as far as new stuff. But right now, I'm currently going back reading some old, not necessarily super old, but some Venom comics, which the current run is ending is ending right now, which I read. And once I saw that it was, I saw a lot of people saying how great it was. So it made me want to go back and read this series that started in 2018. So I'm currently reading that right now, <laughs> as far as my comic goes. Along, of course, with the Star Wars issues and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which continues just to be <laughs> such captivating reads for every issue. I just love the direction the story is going right now for Ninja Turtles. That is just so different. But still continuing that great consistency that the series has been known for since the very beginning which is going to be 10 years old this year which is another thing that's hard to believe (laughs) as we keep moving forward in time but yeah so that's for me on the comic front yeah for me uh, you know what it is tim yeah you definitely know what it is yeah (laughs) of course which makes me happy if you told me five years ago if you told me two years ago if you told me a year ago that <laughs> <laughs> the best comic I'd be reading right now is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book, I would have called you crazy. <laughs> Which I think you did on several episodes when I talked about it and told you how good it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is the best comic I, I've read in a long time. Uh, particularly, you know what it is, Tim. You know what I'm talking about. The City at War storyline. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, unforgettable. Uh, and even the, the, the current issues of, of, of the comic book uh, with Sophie Campbell taking over, uh, it's, it, it's still really good because yep. the, the, she writes great characters. And um, the, these last two issues, nothing happens in them. They, they, they have a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Like a, it doesn't a, go a, well, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go well. But it, uh, it again, nothing happens. But you care about the characters, exactly. and that's what's most important. Yep. You care about the turtles. You care about Lita. You care about all these different other characters. Uh, Mona Lisa. You care about all, all these different other characters, right? Um, and that is the reason why I am reading it. This is not because it's the it has the most bombastic storyline where they're saving the universe five five times over and they're fighting against a reborn shredder uh reborn five times um you can have an issue or issues like this the the one that was just released uh issue number 113 i think it is uh where not literally nothing happens all they do is do go about their daily business um it's it's so it's really refreshing it's really refreshing that they can do that because you really care about the characters. Also, worth mentioning, I finished the first issue of The Last Ronin. Oh, cool. I did not expect that it that that turtle, The Last Ronin, <laughs> uh-huh. was was Michelangelo. I, I totally, I thought it was Leo at first, and I thought it was, uh, I mean, of course it's Raph, right? It's, it, 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 it's Raph. And then, oh, well, he's using a stick, so I, it's got to be Donatello, right? But no, it's Mikey. 
Mikey is this this hulking sort of uh, guy that is nothing like his current character. So it makes mm-hmm. me wonder what what happened. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for the second issue. Yeah. I obviously it's kind of on a schedule that's not going to be once a month because it's been longer than that. So I'm not sure when the next one yeah. comes out, but I'm chomping at the bit to read it because, <laughs> like you said, the first yeah, one really captivated you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You even know right on the end. Yeah. I also got to mention too. I just read it. The trade for it was the Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team up. That was a lot of fun. It was almost as up there with the first uh, Batman Ninja Turtles team up. It was that good. Just the characters, the way they interacted with each other, it just felt so perfect that you would expect them to. And just the style, you know, the Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles. And this isn't even the first time they teamed up. If you remember the live action team up they had back in the mid 90s, which I kind of don't want to (laughs) remember. But this one was just really, really great. A lot of fun. Uh, The story played out in a way that just made total sense for both franchises. And it was just really, really cool to read. So and the artwork was fantastic on that series as well. So um, there's a few Ninja Turtles team-up stories out there now. But I think after the first Batman Ninja Turtles series, this is the next best one. I loved it. Yeah, how, do, how does that work, though? Uh, the uh, Power Rangers and TMNT uh, teaming up. Are, I mean, like, two That's, different, you know, yeah. That's actually one of the cool things about it, I thought it kind of plays in and one of the themes of the series is how the turtles are kind of jealous or not jealous, but look at the power Rangers differently because they are out there in the open. They're treated as heroes. They're respected. And the turtles, they kind of hide it have to hide in the shadows. They don't get the respect they deserve when they save the city. And the power Rangers kind of look at the turtles. Oh, you're kind of lucky where you don't have to worry about, you have this anonymity about you, which is kind of what I want. Or at least kind of Trini felt that way as she was talking, I believe, to Donatello about it. It might have been Don or Raph. I can't remember. But just those different ways they go about being kind of superheroes. Uh, Both of them, it's kind of like the grass is greener type situation (laughs) of how they view the circumstances, which is really cool and kind of a nice theme to have play out throughout uh, the course of the story. And what I liked about it, too, they exist in the same world. They're just in different parts of the country. Power Rangers Angel Grove, Turtles are in New York but it's not like one of them was transported to another dimension or another universe or anything like that I did like how it was, they just exist and they're just meeting for the first time which was kind of refreshing to see in these type of stories as well because it's always usually one gets transported into the other's universe or vice versa so having it just be they exist in the same world, they're just meeting for the first time, it just made total sense for this type of story that they were telling mm. Yeah, like I said, if you told me that my favorite comic book, the comic book that, that I would keep up with, that I would love so so deeply, care so much about, was a TMNT comic book, I would have called you crazy, Tim. But <laughs> I guess I am crazy because hey. I love this book. I totally love this book. Hey, you're a shellhead now, and we're glad to have you. Yeah. <laughs> And it's all because of oh, we know where it started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was listening to the soundtrack to the show, and the, oh, wow. the, 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 the main song, the main song, I don't know if you know this, Tim, but the, um, 
for some reason, they decided to do an acoustic ballad of the coming out of their shells song, <laughs> uh, the main theme song of that, and put that version on the soundtrack for some reason. Bonus track. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's kind of stupid, but um, you know, for something so insignificant as the coming out of their shells tour being what got me into the this comic book, I, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. That's just so much fun. But that's where yeah. it all began. Yep. That's where it began. And that's where it'll stay. It'll always <laughs> have a special place in your heart. Yeah. Um, but I, I did want to mention one thing, Tim, uh, going back to the video games uh, part of our conversation. Okay. That is uh, Cyberpunk. Hmm. Has a few so issues I I've bought, heard. <laughs> so I, so I, uh, I bought it. I went against my better judgment because I don't know if you remember, we were. T- I, I was saying like, how come they're showing Keanu Reeves and they're like, oh, this guy's going to be on the soundtrack and this band is going to be on the soundtrack and th- these, this rap duo is going to be on the soundtrack. And, you know, they're they're not focused on the game itself. Like hmm, that's kind of suspicious to me. You know, and, you know, that they're sort of selling this Keanu Reeves thing. Uh, turns out I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I was right about that. Um, it is not a good game. I uh, try. I bought it, uh, unfortunately. Um, I, I didn't have that many problems. Uh, but the problems I did have were game-breaking. Um, unfortunately, yeah, like, I've heard a a character, way too many bugs. Yeah, like a character holding a briefcase and they don't pick up the briefcase and you don't have the thing. Um, a lot of just visual bugs, like crazy, crazy visual bugs, like a car stuck in the middle of a building, um, a car falling on you randomly. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, just traffic. Um, the, the traffic. The, the driving system, which was absolutely awful, it, it, it was so bad, um, try, trying to drive a car. The handling on the car was terrible. Um, just, just weird bugs that just totally took me out of the entire story. Like, uh, there's a whole interactive cutscene uh, cut where, you know, a guy's driving you and you're injured and he's trying to get away from all these guys. And for some reason, the, it, the, the game takes place in the first person, right? So it's a first person shooter sort of thing, right? And um, for some reason, my guy's arms were... The, 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 only, the only way to explain it is like how a zombie walks. <laughs> arms out front. Okay. Z- zombie or the Frankenstein monster, arms out front. Um just totally and he's 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 totally he, he's he's grabbing you and he's dragging you towards towards like a safe area and he's like patching you up and stuff and checking out your injuries and your arms are just like at a 90 degree angle out in front of you it's it's totally weird um some of the some of the graphics were awful um, especially how they marketed it, where it's gonna like it's it's gonna be like this, the state of the art game, 
but some of the graphics were just so ugly, like just block graphics, just uh, not shaded at all. I I I thought that the the shading just didn't pop in yet, you know. But it, no, that that was it. Yeah, no, that that's how the game looks. Um, mostly when you're in a car, um, drive uh, not driving, but you're being driven and you're talking with somebody, um, and you're looking out the window past them. So, like they, I, I I don't know if that that's a feature or if that's a bug, <laughs> but the, the graphic quality looking outside of that. It, is absolutely awful. It's awful. The the graphic quality. Uh, um, the the gunplay just did not work at all for me. Um, it's a point and shoot, but uh, the kickback you get and trying to aim and uh, yeah, it, it just did not work. Um, I mean, uh, heck, this is, is the first what, time they had to take it off the PlayStation Store because it was yeah. so bad to buy. Man, like that's never happened yeah, so, before. I I did get get a refund on it. Um, PlayStation put it out there. Uh, you, you just sign up, and it, it takes a couple of days, maybe like a week, for you to get your money back. But I did eventually get my money back. Well, that's and, good, at least. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, 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 one of the most confusing, con- absolutely confusing. Uh, hacking systems in a video game oh, that I've ever have ever come across. It's like th- there's like a series of numbers and letters uh, that you have to match up, but then it's it's on a grid, right? It's on a grid, and you have to match up like three lines of a number letter a number letter sequence, right? And so like you can only pick one in that three. You see. It's confusing. You don't. You have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Nope. <laughs> exactly. So, and hacking sequences are like the least favorite aspect of any game. I would imagine that has it in there. <laughs> yeah. At least for me, they are. Or like you know, in the Arkham games where you had like the that that sort of hacking system where you unlock doors. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but then you, you just use the, the thumbsticks. And you feel out the um, the, the vibration from your controller. Mm-hmm. And like when you're getting closer and closer, you feel yeah. the vibration. I wish it was something more like that. Well, something a little more in- intuitive than this, where it's like you have the first line of numbers and uh, number letters, and it'll, you you have a second line, you have, you have a third line, and then you're supposed to eat you. You're supposed to click on, and and, and then on the left of that. Sorry, Tim. I know this is confusing. This is already confusing <laughs> for me. On the left side, you have a, a, I don't know, a six by six square of letter numbers that you're supposed to match up with the right side. But then the the letter numbers on the right side don't coincide with what's on the left side, and it's it's totally confusing. You're making me hate it already. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't even really know what you're saying. <laughs> you don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I did. You don't know what I did. <laughs> it's, it goes back and forth. Thing. Um, so some of the uh, game-breaking bugs, y- y- you get stuck in a... Um, y- 
you you would go to hack something, pull your pull your jack out because you got the hack, and you'd be stuck there. You'd be, that was the most irritating game breaking bug that I came across was just being stuck there and like you can't move, you can't do anything, you can't pop yourself out. It's it it's it's a good game. I could see the idea was there, what the idea was supposed to be like this interactive, totally different world, cyberpunk world, Blade Runner esque world, and it, it it was the trimmings. It was sort of the trimmings, I'd say, of of the game that just did not work. That would just completely break the game. Would would take you out of the gameplay totally. Uh, I still don't know how the the wanted system works when you would get in trouble with the police. Um, it seems like if you if you just went down the street a little bit, it would just stop chasing you. Even even if they were chasing you, like let's say they were the police were chasing you, you went down the street a couple of not even a couple of blocks, like two blocks, they would stop chasing you. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't um, sound very challenging. Sometimes, like the, like the cops would would, would uh, you, or you would get in trouble, and you're in a building, and the cops would just show up in the room that you were in. Uh, they would just pop into the room for some reason. Um, yeah, well, did definitely one of the, the one of the worst games I've played in a, in a while. It's uh, wow. it's anthem level. It was anthem level bad. Oh, wow. Except it was more of a. <laughs> It, it, it was a more of a complete game, and I could tell where they were going. It's just they needed more time. They needed another three or four years, I'd say. Man, that long. Wow. Uh, yeah. Of intense work, especially with, with what they promised, you know, like this interactive world, this uh, state of the, it, it would be a statement in gaming history. Um, and it, it was just a normal open world game that needed a lot of work. That's what I say. It's a normal open world game that needed a lot of work. So yeah, yeah. So to, uh, yeah, I I know you have a PlayStation Five, so you don't have to worry about it. But uh, for our Xbox users, definitely don't get it, especially if you have an older console, because I heard it's yeah, a lot worse on the like almost console. unplayable. I think yeah, unplayable on the older con older consoles. So yeah, definitely don't. I I I'd, I give it a half out of five. Wow. I, uh, I, give I was going to say, it, it almost sounds like the Wonder Woman 1984 video games, but even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I could see where they were going, but they just needed a lot more time. Uh, and I feel sorry for the devs that worked on the game because I know they, they, were, they were really angry. They were forced to release the game in that state. And I, I just feel awful for them. Yeah, like one of these studios is going to learn. Yeah, delaying games is not good for the short term, but in the long run, it's going to be better when you avoid all this stuff that's gone on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I just feel bad for them. Uh, but yeah, that, that's all I have to say about Cyberpunk. <laughs> I, I know it's been beaten into the ground. Yeah, it's been beaten into the ground, and I feel bad for the devs because I have to imagine this is really embarrassing for them. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, and I feel bad for them. So oh, that sucks. Yeah. 
well, I guess we started our review on stuff that we've watched, played, or read since our last episode on a down note with Wonder Woman 1984. And I guess we're going to end it on a down note with on video games <laughs> with Cyberpunk. <laughs> so yeah. some disappointing stuff in there, but also some fun and good stuff in between uh, to close yeah. out our review discussion of some of our favorite stuff from 2020 and what we've been up to since our last episode. Uh, albums, music. Man, music was weird this year because he had some albums I was looking forward to that got delayed <laughs> and then now they're going to start coming out pretty soon. Um, Weezer's album, Van Weezer, which I was looking forward to, is coming out in May of this year. It was supposed to come out in May 2020, but they just released their OK Human album, which is actually really, really good. It's so different from anything they've done before. It's basically orchestra and piano bass, and there's really good songs on there. I like it a lot. But again, that's this year, not last year. <laughs> Foo Fighters album to celebrate the 25th anniversary is supposed to be out in 2020. That comes out next week. So, but I guess for albums, I think my favorite. Hey, Tim, to go... uh, real quick, what is that Foo Fighters single? Their new single? Um, been wa- um, pull- Waiting on a War. I thought I heard it. So that was the last one. Uh, they released three of them so far. There? Um, because there's Shame Shame, which was the first one they released. Yeah, and then, and then there's No Son of Mine, and then Waiting on a War is the last one they just put out about a week or two ago. I thought I heard I heard like a snippet of it, and I thought it was really it sounded really good. But oh, it's, de- it's definitely one of those three. <laughs> yeah. But, but but go ahead, keep on talking. I guess I know... I'll say my favorite album that came actually came out in 2020 was the new Deftones album. I really enjoyed that one. Maybe not quite as much on the level that some people were hyping it up to be, because I've heard some people say, oh, this is going to be like the next White Pony, which is their greatest album, in my opinion, my favorite. And that got me excited. And while I enjoyed it, it's just not quite on that level of White Pony was. But and this might have been a little overhyped for me, but still a really solid album from them, which um, I'd have to say in... Kind of the slim pickings for 2020, that one was my favorite. Oh, it's called Ohms. I should say the name of it. <laughs> okay, I think it was uh, No Son of Mine. Okay, that was that was probably the heavier one of the singles they released. Oh, really? Yeah. Their, uh, their other songs are like acoustic songs or something? Waiting on a War is more acoustic. Shame, shame is not necessarily acoustic. There is an acoustic guitar on it, but it's kind of a more of a slow, laid-back tempo pace to it. Oh, yeah! I I I thought that song sounded uh, that, that that song was really good. Uh, no sound of mine. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to their album next week. What's the name of that acoustic ballad that they do? <laughs> that um, April sings. Um, well, he has a few now. The one he's been doing lately. Uh, my hero is it? Hero. Yeah, My Hero, it is kind of a heavier song, the actual studio recording of it, but he has had acoustic versions of it. And there's Times Like These, which is kind of yeah. his go-to performance song now at all these big events, which is from an album that's almost 20 years ago now, but he's kind of rearranged it a little bit to make it sound different than how it was recorded. It is, yeah, There Goes My Hero, right? That That's the yeah. lyric? Yeah, yeah that's, my that, that's the one I heard, uh, acoustic. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I I don't really I don't really have an album um, of the year. 
didn't really listen to a lot of music this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with no answer on that one. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. But I but would recommend I'll, I'll recommend checking out the new Weezer album, Dane. Weezer? It's really different. Uh, I'm curious to hear what you think of it. Hold on. I'm looking it up really quick. Uh, Called OK Human. Okay, okay. I would just listen to the start one, which is all my favorite songs. Yeah, that's the lead single. So, <laughs> yeah, but listen. if you like the if you like how that song sounds, I think you'll really like the rest of the album. It's it is different, so. <laughs> mm. Are you listening to a sample of it now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you were listening to it right, right now. But... Wow. Hmm. Different, huh? <laughs> hmm. It's more of a indie vibe. Yeah. I'd say. Indie yeah. vibe was an or- orchestra behind it. <laughs> that was definitely different. I don't know if I'm into it, Tim. But Give it a shot, at least. Just give it a shot. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I... You know what? For, for uh, my lack of answer, I'm I'm just gonna say the coming out of their shelves tour. Or something. <laughs> there you go. Hey, why not? Right? <laughs> if that is the, I, most, I don't... the most bit of music you listened to last year, then why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say coming out of their shelves tour uh, soundtrack, Tim. You know, so, songs like uh, hold on, let me bring up the. Uh, the songs, the song listening, uh, <laughs> because believe it or not, I don't know it's um, my heart. Yeah. Oh, you call your and um, you call yourself a fan. Uh, you know, listening to Pizza Power and <laughs> uh, uh, Skipping Stones, of course. Uh, the, the, the 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 beautiful ballad that, that Splinter sings. Um, Is it called the Ballad yeah. of Splinter or something like that? It's called Skipping Stones. I thought there was one that's actually called the Ballad of Splinter, or well, I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's it's not on the uh, uh, soundtrack, but uh, okay. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> and I don't think the 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 the, the rap uh, that uh, uh, what's his name does uh, Shredder does is on the soundtrack. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna have to take off some. Some points for that. I was going to say, it sounds like a disappointing soundtrack if those yeah. <laughs> ones aren't on there. Uh, but anyway, is is that it for our um, our uh, best of the year? Worst yeah. of the year? I think that's it. Okay. Um, is there any comics that you wanted to review? Um, no, not not necessarily at this point. <laughs> like I said, I still got to read Batman. Uh, and Catwoman number two. So maybe we'll save that for the next one once I actually do read it. Yeah. And I guess I'd say uh, definitely pick up the, the TMNT comic, the IDW comic. As we've been saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we've been saying, um, it's, it, especially now that Sophie Campbell's taken over. And again, she writes really good characters. And you, you can have a, an issue or issues where the, the turtles do nothing. It's it's really great. So yep. yeah, definitely pick that one up. So I guess that's it um, for our show, our first our show, return show. Yeah. 
our return show of 2021, our momentous show. Yes. Because we, we've completed, we have completed our minute by minute Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. Um, I can't believe we've done it, Tim. Yeah. Um, so remember episode 211, the moment we finished our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. And also to point out too, we're now only 100 episodes away from episode 311, and that's going to be a mom- momentous episode as well. <laughs> I'm just preparing you now. You have to get the 311 soundtrack ready for a 311 album track listing. Uh, your favorite songs for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thir- they have 13 albums out, and I could probably easily name every song off every album in track listing order without hesitation <laughs> do a before we leave let's do a quick test here um so i'm going to bring up an album from 311 okay. yeah pick up pick, any pick any random one any album okay i'm going to pick an any album uh i'm not going to tell you what it is or maybe i should oh well, you gotta no, tell me I'm what not, it is so i can guess the song no, no, i'm going <laughs> to give you the year it came out Leave the okay. year it came out Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I have one. Okay. Um, this came out in twenty eleven. Okay. Universal Pulse and okay. track listing will go. Time. Oh wait, 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 oh. wait! Before <laughs> you do that, let let me pick another one because. Uh, <laughs> It's only eight tracks, huh? Yeah, it's only eight tracks. <laughs> uh, maybe this one right here. Um, oh, this is going to be a good one. Okay. It, this album came out on um, in 2014. 2014, okay. I think I got it. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right, Go ahead. track number one. Ebb and Flow. Five of Everything, Showdown, Revelation of the Year, Sand Dollars, yep. Boomshanka, yep. Make It Rough, The Great yep. Divide, yep. Friday Afternoon, yep. Simple True, First Dimension, yep. Made yep. in the Shade, Existential yes. Hero, yes. The Call, and yes. Tranquility. Yes. And the but album is stereolithic. <laughs> <laughs> but you missed... You missed, uh, what, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tracks, Tim. What? No, I you didn't. know why? <laughs> you did. Because there's a hidden track, right? Oh, bro. <laughs> uh, I am talking about the bonus tracks. Do you know the bonus tracks, Tim? On the so- special limited 311 day edition. Sold at pre-311 day 2014 events in New Orleans, Louisiana. <sighs> See, the, I don't know if we should, those shouldn't count for the official album release. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll give that one to you. Uh, let's do one more. One more, Tim. Okay. Think, you think you can do it? I think I could do it. I'm pretty confident okay. in my 311 track listing abilities. <laughs> okay. This one came out in 2000. And five, but before you you get into it, okay, there is an iTunes bonus track. Okay, and I think is, I know what it is. Okay, do you but, know 
the archive compilation is. Yes, well, the whole archive box set you're talking about? Yeah. Do yeah. You, you know the songs on there? Well, see, now that is one what's, what is like four or five discs all. That one I am resting on. <laughs> I will not yeah. believe. Okay, so, so there are two extra songs on there. I don't know if that helps you or not. So you're talking about the two extra songs for the one that came out in 2005? No, no, no. Okay. Um, this is it says released on archive compilation. So it's the archive compilation. It's songs that were made for this album, but they didn't make it on the album. But okay. they are in the archive compilation. Okay. Do you know those two songs? Well, there's a, quite a few of them that are on there, actually. Okay. So, uh, do you know the do do you know the two unreleased songs that they still have not released yet? It wasn't on the archive compilation. Has it come out at all? What are you, you know, looking at? Two? Like, where are you getting this info? <laughs> on Wikipedia. <laughs> do you know the name of the two unreleased songs that they still haven't released yet? There, are, there might album. be more than two, actually. There is a few <laughs> from those sessions that never saw the light of day. One of them is actually one of my favorite 311 songs that's not even really officially released. <laughs> okay, what is it called? Um, it's called uh, uh, Wandering Around. <laughs> I, okay. I blanked out it there for a second, but it's called Wandering Around. Okay, so I guess let's just do the 12 songs on that album, including... The bonus track, okay. the iTunes bonus track. Okay. Now I'm going to save the bonus track for last because yeah, that's usually where they play some on these bonus ed- extra editions. So I'm going to save it for last. But okay, okay, so we're going with the 2005 one, right? Yeah. Okay. So track number one, "Don't Tread on Me." Yeah. Track number two, "Thank Your Lucky Stars," okay. "Frolic Room," "Speak okay. Easy," "Solar Flare," "Waiting." Long for the flowers, getting food to her, whiskey and wine, aka my second yep. favorite 311 song. <laughs> um, really? wow. Yes. It's getting okay now. There's always an excuse. And the bonus yep. track, Little Brother. Wow. <laughs> wow. I wish I had that kind of memory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't wow. know whenever this knowledge is going to come in handy one day, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's ever a contest where someone has to name every 311 song on album releases in track listing order. I think I could win it. Okay. So now I'm going to break it down a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> Who wrote Whiskey and Wine? Mm, okay. So now you go because in the album sleeve, it has a breakdown of everyone who had a participated or participated in writing the song and all the members always contribute so this is my i'm yeah. probably gonna be a little rusty on this but i'm gonna say um it's nick has nick hexam and sa martinez as the songwriters yeah you got it right okay <laughs> hexam with martinez yeah yes wow i <laughs> are you impressed with my useless knowledge day <laughs> i am impressed and you know what, let's do... Okay, so I'm not going to give you a lot of information on this one, okay? Um, but this album came out in 2001. Okay. Right? What is the ninth song on that album? Wake Your Mind Up. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I wasn't okay. joking. Around. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> You, you you are the biggest 311 fan. The biggest 311 <laughs> nerd, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, for I this know. type of discussion, nerd is definitely an accurate way to describe me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's it for our podcast. Uh, our I, returning I, podcast. I should say, oh, that's what you have to look forward to on our 300, or our 311th episode. <laughs> yeah, three, Stuff like 311 this. trivia. Yeah. Um, just go over to the Batman Universe on that Facebook.com slash Batman Universe. Twitter handle is at Batman Universe. Joe's Twitter handle is at Best Fans Podcast. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. I'll say it because you just impressed <laughs> um, I, <laughs> My Twitter handle is at Dane Says Banana. Uh, rating reviews on iTunes. They can email the show at Batfans without pants at gmail.com. So with that, like you see at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our nerdy 311 memory hearts. Yep. Nerdy 311 <laughs> hearts. You can recall the first song, the, the third song on their, 2000, their 1999 album, or whatever. Large in the margin. <laughs> Tim. 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 Yes. Tim. Tim. <laughs> wow. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, they're right. <laughs> uh, I don't miss uh, all these. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> see you next time, everybody. Yeah.